Welcome to Second Win, the podcast where we uncover the stories, methods, and modalities of women and men who have found their purpose while walking this earth. Sometimes they found their second win by accident, sometimes by hardship, and sometimes by intent. There is always something to learn from others and really isn't finding our own purpose what we are all looking for. I know I am. And that's why I'm hosting this very podcast. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire. Thank you for listening and let's get to it. Hello, Second Wind, and welcome to another episode. And today I have David Stewart. And a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of interviewing David Richmond, a friend of David Stewart's, who himself has a great story. And he wrote a wonderful, thoughtful, and for me, me a very emotional book called Cycle of Lives. And what's so great about doing the podcast is you get these spin-offs from your guests of people they think would be great to be on your podcast. And that's how I met David Stewart. And David is the founder and the face of Aegist. He is an expert and a passionate champion of the emerging global over 50 lifestyle. And that's kind of what we're dialed into here on Second Wind is figuring out what happens in the second half of life, that there is indeed life after 50. And actually, it could be even better than before 50. And Aegist itself shares the latest on exercise, sleep, food, longevity, travel, fashion. And it's all, it's like a movement. It's a, a marketing phenomenon. It's all these things. And there's also, David has spun off his own Super Age podcast, which I highly recommend you go listen to. It covers all kinds of subjects, sleep, brain health, blood pressure, fitness. So he dials into all that kind of stuff. Whereas here on Second Wind, we, we dabble in that, but we talk about more of emotional and people's stories about finding their second wind. So... I love how we're connecting the two, and I'm super excited. I could talk to him forever. So welcome, David Stewart. I'm a little starstruck. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. Good to be here. Thank you so much for doing this. And I'd love to start with maybe just a, a little brief history on who you are and yeah. how you got to this point where you said, ah, I'm not aging everyone. I'm, I feel the same, but everybody else is staying younger and I'm changing or something, something like that. that. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I think, uh, well, I, I had a pretty good career as a, like the highest levels of professional photography for about 35 years. And I lived in New York, I lived in Paris. I worked all around the world. And what I noticed was that in the advertising I was doing that I'm getting older, my friends are getting older, and the people I'm taking pictures of are staying the same age. Yeah. Um, and that the communications that were targeted at people my age were really insulting. They felt that we were a problem in need of a solution. Mm. I didn't really feel like a problem. And... You know, you would just see this sort of communication as if there's something very wrong with us. We're incompetent. We need a, a bag of meds to leave the house. It, it was really infantilizing and insulting. So I started to investigate what was up with that, um, why that was. And we started Aegis about seven years ago, 
based on that. And explain for the viewers what ageist is, because I probably didn't yeah, do it justice sure. in the introduction. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'll tell you what we're not. We don't fight ageism. We don't fight anything. My feeling is you fight something, you amplify it. So we don't do that. What we do is we tell stories, essentially, and we show how real people are living in an inspirational, aspirational, and attainable way. And, and we're fun. You know, we're, you know, we're not, we're not called ageist for nothing. You know, so people, people give me some grief about that word. And I said, well, I mean, biologist, you know, sartorialist. <laughs> so yeah. what's your problem with ageist? And they, you know, right. they get all red in the face and whatever, but <laughs> right. that's the point. It, so we, um, you know, we show how, what we do is we expand people's imagination. Our, our goal anyway, if we're successful, is that we expand people's imagination of what is possible at this age. And now it's on the menu for people. They can choose to live this way or not. I'm not telling anybody how to live their lives, but I'm saying if you want to live like this, it's possible and I'll show you how to do it. So, you know, along with sort of the main tent pole we do, which is a profile of someone we think is interesting for some reason. Uh, we tell their story where we mostly let them tell their own story. Mm-hmm. And then we always have, as you know, as you pointed out, things that are important to people our age, which there's the, you know, health and wellness stuff. We want to live longer. But there's also sort of the confusions about what do we wear? Yeah. What do we, how do we make friends? You know, sort of just this, this sort of confusions that come with being sort of vivid, vital, forward-leaning, and being this age, which is not what we expected. So that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. And the podcast, how did that come about? Well, the podcast is somewhat different. So the podcast is, tends to be more sort of science, health, medical. We call it super age, and we, we sort of show how one can super age. And what, what I found happening was in the work with Aegist, I was in contact with, I, I became friendly with like the leading medical science longevity people in the world. And I thought, well, okay, well, let's, you know, with the podcast, it's more about that. So it is, as you said, more about, how should I say, like sort of the mechanics of it. Like, right. okay, so th- this, is, this is how you eat. This is what blood pressure is about. This is brain health. I think uh, this week we got Mike Royzen on. He's the head of wellness at the Cleveland Clinic. You know, we have people who talk about science in a way that I hope is accessible to people and that they can apply it to their lives. Absolutely. What I thought was really interesting when I just happened to pop on and and just randomly pick an episode, up came, and I forgot his name, I have to look. He was talking about men and their kind of second wind. And you both got into this conversation about ask like going to the gym and yeah greg from last week yeah yeah greg yes exactly and you all are coming up with your own stories about what the other guy is thinking and why men kind of stay in their own little their own little circle and stay in the back of the gym versus the front of the gym and you said well i finally just went you know i you said i don't know if it was you or him said yeah i go with my wife and she'll just walk up and Hey, I'm new here and I don't know how to do this and everybody will help her and men won't do that. And I thought, oh, well, that adds a whole nother level and 
and problem to the aging situation if if you're just going to stay here and not and branch out and women as you guys were pointing out seem to be better at reaching out much better but yeah i mean if you look at any metric you want to look at the women are leading everything they live longer they live better mm -hmm. they're the ones starting the businesses their mental health uh is better their ability to connect to others is better and the men are you know i and i not so jokingly say they're just like a special needs group they're like a disaster <laughs> they need so much help and they just won't take it uh so <laughs> you know, True. that's uh when i speak at you know these big conferences i you know i just say like there's a bit of a you know the women in the audience may have been i'm sure have been subjected to sexism their whole lives and you know put down and pushed back but it's like that's not how it is in this group i can tell you like the women are killing it and the men are just asleep at the wheel they don't know what's going on so interesting <laughs> yeah, we both yeah. were attributing to women are willing to be more present be aware yeah. be mindful be a, you know have empathy and and not really worry about what the other person is thinking I think they still worry about what the other person is thinking. Well, yeah. But I think that they're willing to do, they're willing to not be experts. They're willing to take chances and they're willing to take on new challenges in a way that, and I hate generalizing over like, you know, half of the population, but right. it's like different. Like the, the men, sort of recede. And I, I spoke to Gloria Feldman about this. Gloria was, uh, she had, she was the head of Planned Parenthood for about 15 years. And she has a number of initiatives around women. And I, and I said, Gloria, like, I see this happening. What's up? Yeah. Why? <laughs> and well, what she told me was, she said, the women have always been like this, but the men have just been like too noisy. Yeah. And, I was going to say, like, they're just drowning they're just us like, out. They're right. But now they're just sort of the men have sort of receded. So now the women are like doing what they've always done. And you just notice them more. They just, you know, get the stuff done because the men aren't screwing it up. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> why, why do you think that is that men, as you put it, and I think that's a great way to put it, you know, recede as we hit this 50 plus? Like, why? That is a huge question that I do not have a good answer to. I can tell you what other people have told me. Yeah. I, I have no data on any of this. I, it's pure conjecture. Mm -hmm. I spoke to my buddy Klaus, who held the Copenhagen Institute for Future Studies. And I said, Klaus, this thing's going on. What's up? And he said that he sees this very much. And in fact, he told me, I remember his quote, he said, in the future, there's going to be these board meetings and the discussion is going to be, we need more diversity in here. we got to get some men in the room. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> because if you, look at, if you look at the educational stuff, you know, far more women, advanced degrees, completing college, completing high school, completing all of this now than men. His feeling on this was that men are programmed to achieve at a higher and higher level. Mm -hmm. 
which there's an end to that. Like you can only right. do go so far. And once they reach that, there's sort of a, a disillusionment, like a collapse happens. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm not going to be president. So right. I guess I'll go fishing or something like, right. Right. Uh, yeah. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. And I have always been just focused on being a woman focused on the women's issues. So it was really enlightening. And while, as you're coming into my scope, I have already kind of had different men reach out to me and their agents reach out to me to be on the podcast. And I've rethought the podcast like, oh, hmm, maybe I should <laughs> include men in their stories. And then I get introduced to you and I'm like, oh, there's like a whole nother world out here. And we need to expose that and be aware. And I think for women in their second wind, it's important to realize, oh yeah, those guys over there, they're going through something as well. They're messed up. I can tell you they're really messed up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did, not, I did not say that. I did not say that. I'm of that gender and I can say that. <laughs> you can say that. Um, you were saying that, I love this too. And this made so much sense when you and I were talking ahead of time last week that as we age, we are going by layered memories of oh, what yeah. we look like. Can you share yeah. that? Is that just like the light yeah. bulb went off and I go, oh, yeah. that's why when I look at a picture of myself, I'm like, oh, 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 what, what is that? Right. That's not, that's yeah. not me. It's, I call it age dysmorphia. It's a, it's a particular phenomenon that happens like you're never going to look in the mirror and you're going to see like a different gender or a different race or it's like that just doesn't happen, right? You're like, that's fixed, more generally fixed. But we don't see ourselves the way other people see us. So we mm -hmm. see ourselves as everything. So I'm 63. So I see, you know, maybe I don't remember my first five years, but you know, like the most of the rest of it, it's just sort of all these slices on top of each other. And that's what I see that I don't see the, what's happening right in the moment. Uh, and I, and I think that that's part of it. And I think the other part is this idea that, you know, how old do you feel? And, you know, we work a lot with brands and marketing and messaging, and this is, something key to understand because if you're you know these lazy cmos will come to me and they're like oh we want to target 55 to 60 and it's like all right well let's talk about that <laughs> like what do you mean <laughs> because i'm you know i actually had sort of a heavy workout this morning and so i'm a little sore so i'm 63 but i'm i i feel like you know i might be 53 but if I'm really well rested and you sort of release me into the gym, well, then I'm like 35. Right. Um, I'm like 30. But, and that's how I feel about myself. And so there's this dysmorphia of how I actually am, my, my chronological age, and how I feel about myself. And so this causes huge problems oh, for yeah. people who want to message to people like us. Because are you messaging to me, 63, me, 53, mm -hmm. me, 38. Like, how do I, which part of that are you plugging into? 
Yeah, that's and really so, complex because, yeah. It's I, really complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, you, you, there's a lot of people in this space and they make all this noise about, well, you know, we need to be showing more people our age and how it really is. Well, okay. Yeah. 60% of the people my age have a chronic health condition. Exactly. 80% of them are overweight. Do you really want to do that? Is it really like, 80%? It, I think it's 80% are overweight. Yeah, I think obese is more like uh, like 60. But yeah, Yikes. it's insane. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I think, and I think the stat, it's like 60, at 65, 60, 65% of people have a chronic health condition and something like 40 have two or more overlapping chronic health conditions. Mm-hmm. So that's real. Right. But is right. that... Like even those people who have those conditions, is that how they see themselves? My guess is they right. don't. Yeah. Right. And I guess what the idea is, well, how do you, how do you, so what do you, so what's the answer to that? So it's complicated. They're hiring you to figure that out. <laughs> it's complicated. It's super complicated. I mean, it's, it's like. It's not you. It's me. It's complicated. <laughs> it's really complicated. Right. So I'm, yeah. you know, people. It's why the default, it's one of the reasons why the default marketing messaging is aimed at young people, because it's just way easier. It's just way easier to communicate to like an entire population of 20 year olds than in a population of 55 year olds. It's it's just like much exponentially harder because who are you talking to? You got to pick your lane. What does that look like? What's that? What's that culture? What's the, what's the, what are those person's aspirations for the future? Whereas if you're, you know, if you're selling sneakers to 20 year olds, they all understand exactly what you're talking about. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it all makes sense to them. Right. One thing and, and going along with this, because it's a complicated subject, right? So you were saying in, in a bunch of your podcasts recently are about the mindset, brain health, longevity in that way, how to, how to mm-hmm. work with your mind and your brain and the gut and all these things. Mm-hmm. And one thing you were talking to one of your guests about it's the self-talk and even Kathy Smith, who you had on the fitness guru, Mm -hmm. she was saying, yeah, I won't let people say, well, I'm this way because I'm old or, oh, my knee hurts because I'm old. This is just what happens when you're my age. And then you had mentioned to her, yeah, there's like 20 words we don't use. That's right. And I wanted you to share a little bit about that because that that resonates. you will you will you will never read that language in ageist. You will never see that. Your knee hurts because your knee hurts. <laughs> and it could <laughs> be because story. if you're deciding to run, you had a thing about how we strike the ground, right. whether you're a toe strike or a yeah. midfoot strike or a heel striker, all that. Yeah, exactly. But I think that this, if think of all right. So you're going to get some hate mail for what I'm going to say here. Oh, I've never, but, I have one hate mail. I'll do more. Go. I get hate mail all the time. Oh my gosh. It's, <laughs> it's just an acknowledgement that you're making an impact. Exactly. So bring it, bring it. Here we go. So change that word out. So my knee hurts because I'm white. My mm-hmm. knee hurts because I'm a woman. My knee hurts because I'm whatever, because I'm gay. <laughs> okay, right. whatever. What you're doing there is you are diminishing yourself 
you've victimized yourself based upon that statement. So it's true that your body doesn't heal as fast as you get older. But if you start putting yourself into that box, you have self-ghettoized. Don't do that. I mean, you can. You can do whatever you want. I don't care what you do. But I'm just saying that that's how you're going to be perceived to the outer world if you do that. So if you don't do that and you just say, my knee hurts or whatever, um, I'm having some trouble getting a job. Okay. That's very different from saying I'm having trouble getting a job because of, you know, whatever, my, my color, my gender, my age, blah, 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 blah. Because if you do that, what you've done is you've turned yourself into a victim and you want my sympathy for your victim circumstance. You want me to put you in a special needs ghetto. Do you really want to be there? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be there. Right. You've you, exactly. You've like invalidated yourself. Yeah. So we don't. It's what I said earlier. We do not fight ageism. What we do is we just say, here are people this age that are highly competent and are just having these like kick ass lives. And, you know, mm -hmm. I can tell you, Wendy, this works. Because according to Google, almost half of my audience at ages is under 50. Really? So, yeah. So I would love to see the Google stats for like the AARP site. Like how many yeah. of their people are under 50? Like, yeah. I mean, I know people who work there and they're like, they're, they're in their 40s and they're like, there's nothing here for me. This is all about some other like thing going right. on, right? Because it's, because that's their thing, right? We're uh -huh. like, be scared, be very scared. We're, we're a victim, you know, you, you're a victim and we're going to help you out. Mm -hmm. And, and we could do that. I mean, I'm sure like my web traffic would like quadruple if I did that. My social stuff would be like, oh, you know, feel sorry for us. We're this age, you know, that sort of stuff. I'm not going there because I just, I'm just not going there. That's not my thing. Yeah. You're, you you want to flip it. You kind of want to shift and flip it to like I do like, okay, well now we have all these experiences now we know what works. Now we know what we're good at. We have these, we've become experts. And you were saying, you don't even know what you're good at. And you don't realize, I guess you don't realize all of the, the stuff you have to offer others until you're in the situation. Do it like mentoring. You were talking about mentoring and mm -hmm. you, and all of a sudden you're like sort of an expert on something and helping someone else solve something because of that. And we should really embrace that. And this is something we couldn't have done when we were 25, right? This is like, this is part of exactly. having the accumulated years and what an honor that is, in my opinion. And it's not that we're better or less than mm -hmm. someone who's 25, right? Because they have, I, and, and I feel strongly about this too. Like people who are 25 have a tremendous amount of wisdom and a huge amount of things that we can learn from. And I, I have people on my team who are that age and I learn right. from them every day. Yeah. And they yeah. learn from me. We're just different, not better, not worse, just different. Well, and the experiences, I mean, it's just like their book is only this thick so far. 
and ours is this thick. Yeah, well, and one way to look at that's, it. But the experiences are a plus and a minus. It's not oh. always a good thing because because if you're 25, you don't have a lot of experiences, so you're open to everything. Oh, you're not going to have that judgmental thing that says like, oh, well, I did that like 20 years ago and that didn't work out. I'm going to do that again. Oh, or, that's a good oh, point. You know what I mean? So there's that judgmentalism that we bring to the table that we have to push back against. That's the right. judgmentalism that, that, that like, um, how does the, the saying go? Contempt prior to investigation leads to ignorance. Yes. So it's that like, like we're carrying that around. So we need to be careful of that. And so one of our challenges is to say yes, to say like, well, maybe let's investigate that. Show me how that works. Like, like, oh, we're, you, you, you want me to go like whatever with you, uh, you know, and there are going to be new people there. Yes, I'll do that. Rather than say, well, you know, <laughs> well, I remember, you know, 15 or 25 years ago, I did something similar and I didn't like it. So I don't want to do that. So that's the stuff. That's where it's a liability for us. Um, gotcha. that fortunately for us, we have the, we have the option, right? So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> when you're 25, yeah. you don't have the option because you don't have the, you don't have the experience, but here you do have the experience and you can choose to use that wisely and stay open and go forward. And again, my favorite word is yes and be in that, but otherwise it's very easy to sort of slip back into that that fossilization mindset mm -hmm. that says, no, I don't want to, uh, why would I do that? I'll be, especially with the men, like, oh my God, somebody might make fun of me. They might not like me. I might not be the best. How can I go there? I mean, just right. dude, shut up and say yes and just go. Like, yeah, <laughs> I agree this. with you. Being open to new things and new people and say yes to the dinner invitation, as you said on one of your podcasts, say yeah. yes to going to archery, say yes to these things, the dinner Whatever. party with a complete bunch of strangers that just somebody invited you. I'm of the firm belief that if, you, if you're there and you're given an opportunity like that, there's probably a reason. And you might as well go and figure out what that is. You were, you were supposed to meet that person and that led you to this, yeah. that led you to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's Someone has honored you with an invitation. Yeah. Like they've honored you with this. So accept it. Yeah. Get off your ass. Go, go deal with it. Yeah. Get off I have ass. a question for you. I agree. There's just, there's so much under these gigantic boulders to, to uncover. I have a question for you in what you've been doing over the last seven years, David, what do you, what do you think is the most I know you have a million lessons, but what has really resonated with you the most? What do you like for me? I can say what I've learned and what I told my my kids is I've learned how to not have expectations and be fluid in every situation. Well, what did you want to have happen? I didn't want anything to happen. I'm just here. Whereas a few years ago, no way I would have been like, oh, well, she didn't do this and uh, this didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Now I'm just like, OK. And I'm so much happier and I'm a much easier mother-in-law, I would imagine. And a, a better friend, you know, I'm not, I'm just here. Yeah, let's go. Let's try. What have you learned in these seven years that, that you're, is your biggest takeaway? The physicality. That physicality is underrated. One is younger um because you, you you just sort of take it for, for granted 
the physicality now, what I've learned is that your physicality, your health and wellness is what governs your view of the future. And your view of the future is what governs your behavior and your attitudes. Mm -hmm. um, your sense of fear versus your sense of openness and being able to say yes is in very large part based on your physicality. And mm -hmm. this is something that it's why we spent like once that sort of became clear to me, <laughs> It's so important. I mean, there, there, are, there are people who are naturally curious. It's very hard. It, your, your, your curiosity is diminished if your expectation for the future is diminished. I mean, and, and there, there are, you see mm. exceptional people who are, are not like that. But it, for a lot of us, we underestimate how important that is to like the way that we think the way we interact like that idea of like the dinner party so mm -hmm. if i'm feeling fearful about my physicality versus feeling positive that is going to influence my yes or no decision to the dinner party and i and i think that a couple things on this physicality thing um we underestimate how utterly impactful that is to everything in our lives. Everything. We, yeah, you're right. Everything. You're right. It's just this underlying current, mm -hmm. this sort of reptilian brain we have that's, that is talking to us about, should we be scared, should we not? And I think the other part of this is we have been vastly undersold what we need to do <laughs> to maintain that physicality. We don't all yes. have to be doing what our yes. what David Richmond does. He's yes, like, I believe. The, you know, the, Five thousand miles. The far yeah. end of the tail of something. Right. Uh, but on the other hand, like, you know, mall walking is any activity is better than zero activity. I'm 100%. Doing something is better than nothing. But if you want to live a long time healthy, you need to understand that you, all of your capacities are diminishing with time. So your, your muscle mass, your aerobic capacity, like all these things the higher baseline you're starting with these things, the, the less, you know, the, the absolute less it'll be at 30 years from now. And also you can have tremendous, tremendous impact on these things at an age when people thought, well, that we've been told is impossible, but it's work. Like it's, yeah. it's not, this sort of silliness that you see out there in, you know, my favorite boogeyman, the New York Times, about like, they'll come up with some study that says like, well, if you walk 10 minutes a day, you're going to live longer. Well, you're going to live longer than the person who works, who walks zero a day. But it's right. like, what do you want to do here? 
And that, I think, we've been undersold on. They, as you know, we talked earlier, the bar keeps getting lowered. Lower. Because yeah, they're like, right. what, they're do, what they're doing is they're doing a composite of the population, which, as we said, 60% of people in our age group have a chronic health condition. So you're going to take a composite of those people. Well, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, those like, are the people we're basing people. our exercise regime on. Is that what you're right, saying? Right, right. Okay. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a lot of this stuff, like these recommended, da- you know, the, like the RDA stuff is based on the difference between life and death. Like if you, st- right. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you only take this much, okay, you'll, you, this is maintenance to keep you alive. <laughs> right, so, right, um, right. It's the minimum. <laughs> But, you know, you have to you have to take care of yourself and it's more of a project than perhaps you've been sold on. Exactly. This, it, and that's oh, I totally agree with you. And that's a really good way you put it, because, you know, we're told, oh, now you cannot you don't you can go for just a walk. You don't have to go for a walk sprint. But really, <laughs> the sprint is where you're going to make the gains. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you you don't go into the gym it's... and just lift 20 pound dumbbells to do your curls. No. You might do that to warm up, but you're going to try to get to that point of exhaustion where that you can't that you... last rep so that you can make the gains. And we're told somewhere along the line, oh, you don't have to do that anymore. You only had to do that when well, you were in your is, 20s. And because I worked in media for a long time, I can tell you how this, in fact, I used to do a lot of work for the New York Times. Um, I used to shoot covers for the New York Times Magazine. Right. And I can tell you how that this world works. They do not want to scare readers, right? They don't want to alienate people. Okay. So how many people are they going to lose if they say, well, in actuality, you need to be doing, you know, four hours of pretty serious aerobic. You need to be doing three hours of strength training. And it's got to be like at a serious level. It's not these little stretchy bands. This is what you need to do. They're going to, so the people aren't going to like that. They're going to be like, oh, wow, that sounds like kind of hard. I don't want to do that. But if they say like, oh, well, here, you can just, you know, go for a nice, you know, 20 minute walk. And it's, and it's true. You're going to get benefit out of that. Absolutely. But (laughs) it's probably not going to get you where you want to go. It's not going to move the needle that much, right? The needle's still going to be, The rule in media is play to your audience. You know, so tell them what they want to hear. And, you know, you see this in, you know, the way politics and media is set up. And but it's also all the rest of this, you know, tell them what they want to hear. And what I used to love is like in Oprah's magazines. Oh, (laughs) they would, you know, Oprah's struggled with weight her entire life. Right. And there will always be sort of like exercise things in there. But every other ad is a Betty Crocker cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, we love Oprah and that was her decision. But like that's the it, there's a reason for that. Right. Well, shit, David, you're 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 just you're just adding a whole nother sector to my fe- feeling and fear that everything is out to do us in, right? Our food. No. 
I just feel like, no. okay, our food, the medical system is screwed up. Um, put them on a med. Oh, you're, you're, you're having incontinence. Just go take a pill. You know, oh, your blood pressure's a little high. Oh, here, we've got this for you instead of doing the work, right? And we've now I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah I've been marketed to to not not push it. That's Luckily, right. I've always wanted to push it and I've always wanted to go and do more. And why did you just do that? Why did you decide to do a marathon? Because I can. But that's not the normal answer. It's the, uh, the there's a difference here between um, personal responsibility and victim. Yep. And what I mean, I know, you know, people, as I say all the time, you can live however you want to live. It's, it's your life. I'm not going to say yeah. how to live. Yeah. But personal responsibility. If you have high blood pressure, I can almost guarantee 95% of that is because of some choices you are choosing to make. And yeah. you can change those. Like, it's yeah. like... <laughs> I can show you how to meditate in five minutes and I can lower, you'll be shocked what will happen to your blood pressure if you want to do that. But that's requires more effort than swallowing a pill. And right. we all, I mean, we all want the little blue, you know, whatever the pill is like, Oh, give me the pill. And there's a place for medication. You know, there's a place for these things. Absolutely. But first things first, you know, let's talk about you and your behavior. And I'm not criticizing people. I'm just saying like, hey, you just need to, you know, you know how much money you make. You know, you probably know the gas mileage of your car. You know, all these other metrics. Let's get real about the metrics about you as a human. Let's talk about your sleep. Let's talk about your nutrition. Let's talk about your activity. Do you have some kind of program in place to distress things? Um, what's your social life like? Like, let's talk about these things because these are 100% in your control. Absolutely. You don't, no one, no one forced you to put that Twinkie in your mouth. Like right. you did that. Um, you, you did that. chose to do that. And that's, you made a choice. You can also make a choice to put something else in your mouth. It's not a question of finances. It's not a question of any of this. It is a question of what's the outcome that you want. So here are the two things. One, you need to understand that you have agency over your health outcome. You have tremendous agency. I've, I've heard the number 80%. I think that's too low. I think it's more like 90% compared okay. to what your genetics are. The other thing, which is very important is you need to believe that you deserve this. So you right. need to believe it works. Right. Two, you deserve it. If you don't have both of those in place, not going to do it. So it doesn't matter like how many refrigerator magnets are out there that say like, you know. Don't <laughs> eat this, eat that. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. You, you need to believe these two things. And then, then you can just, do amazing, amazing things. And um, beyond, so I'm 63 and I'm a little, you know, I'm kind of sporty and I go to a gym and in my, I live in Park City, Utah, which is like, I mean, it's like the fittest place on the, I'm like average here. It's like the super yeah, fit. There. And there's, yeah. There's, like I have, I have Olympians and offspring of Olympians like in, in my gym. 
and Kathy, I see Kathy's in my gym, Kathy Smith. Oh, um, really? And yeah, yeah. So I see Kathy in there. And you, you just like people look at me. <laughs> I had a guy, he was number three in the 5,000 meters in the world. And he said to me, What are you training for? <laughs> wow. That is so cool that he thought you were training for something. I would hang out on my, on my head. I mean, just like a. I'm just like, you know, I'm just like training for life. Like I, yeah. <laughs> but that's, you know, you can, if you look at people, you know, like we've had like Joan McDonald, like, a, wow. you know, I don't know if you have Joan's story, but she was, I think she was about 69, 220 pounds, never exercised in her life, bag of meds, high blood pressure, very, very bad future. And her daughter was a trainer and her daughter said, mom, I'm out. You either like change what you're doing or I'm not going to watch you spend the next th three years in a hospital hooked up to tubes and dying. Yeah. She's going <laughs> to have to take care of her. She's yeah. going to have to take her. She's I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm out. Ooh, so Joan, Joan had like a, you know, a come to Jesus moment and she's like, okay. So I think Joan's, I, how old is Joan now? Like 73. I think I, I last talked to Joan. She was like 72, 71 and 135 pounds. Oh, wow. And just strong, Joan does. Joan can do ten dead hang pull ups with a twenty five pound weight. Stop That's, it! That's yeah. I know how hard that is. Right? <laughs> like, That's I like, can't do that. I can't do that. That's God. I can do that, but I'm I'm a guy and I'm pretty strong. But that's like not nothing. And that's amazing. See, that's, she started from zero. She starts from like, like below 20 zero. below zero. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and then she made this transformation in her seventies when people say that's not possible. And it's just, what are you eating? What are you doing? And you can do this. And it, you know, it's not easy. It's not like, this isn't gonna, that's the other thing we, you know, we said earlier about we overestimate what can happen in the short term and we underestimate what can happen in the long term. And people will be like, oh, I, I've been to the gym for a month and oh my God, nothing's happened. Well, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> not. Not that you can see yet. Not that you can see. You know, in two years, if you do what Joan did, you're going to look like Joan if that's what you want to do. I, I tell people... Don't tell me it's not impossible. It's just hard. Like you yeah, need to it's like, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to do hard, then it becomes impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. If you don't want to do hard, it becomes impossible. David, do you have yeah. like, I mean, what keeps you going? Do you have a mantra? And now, now you have like me, you've had all these amazing guests on, you've talked to all these amazing people. You do all these articles, yeah. you do all these blogs and write-ups and all these things. So you have a whole bunch of information, which I think is, mm -hmm. that's king, right? It's fabulous to have all this information. Out of all of that, is there something that you use daily that keeps you going? Because we all have those days, maybe we didn't sleep well. Maybe we had the extra glass of wine at night and we knew it wasn't going to be good, but we did it anyway. Just something or a lot of stress for some reason. Is there something that keeps you going when you just are like, ugh? Not again. I'm married really well. 
Um, <laughs> it's the woman. It's the woman. <laughs> you need other people in your life. And I, you know, I've been with my wife uh, like 18 years or something. And when I, you know, I can just, she'll just know if I'm like, things, I'm having Off. a bad whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's good. We need other people in our lives. And I have, fortunately, I have designed this life for myself where I have to profile someone every week and I have to interview some another person every week for my podcast. So that's two a week. That's 100 a year. Yeah. Um, seven years, that's 700. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> People that are like in my orbit. So, and I have people who rely on me. I mean, not just the people in, in the business here, but there are tens of thousands of people out there who rely on me to be there in, in this way for them. And that's what drives us to do the best job that we can is to best serve those people and to give them like, I know there are things I could do that would increase traffic and clicks and all that, mm. that would not best serve the people that I want to serve. So I don't do that. And you told me a lot of this uh, stemmed from your desire to serve others. You um, just saw you just yeah. saw the discrepancies. You saw the yeah. inequality of it all, and you said, "Hmm, I need to serve this age. I need to serve this age group." And, and and that is probably the most powerful longevity drug you're going to get is serving other people, being important to other people, having people count on you will cause you to take better care of yourself so that you can better help them and you don't get yourself in a position where they have to take care of you. Right. And you can, and you can peel the covers away in the morning, no matter how comfortable you are or how many <laughs> dogs are on top of you. You can peel the covers off because you have purpose, right? Yeah. And I, and I, to, and I think that this is, purpose is sort of a big topic we talk a lot about, but I, a lot of people get twisted up about this. Yeah, they confuse purpose and passion. Mm -hmm. And one mm -hmm. of my bugbears is <laughs> forget about passion <laughs> because that's going to change <laughs> day to day, minute to minute, whatever your belly button is telling you that day. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Yeah, we talked about that. The passion. Everybody's like, oh, I must manifest my passion and go after it. And no, it's entirely, this is entirely yeah. egocentric, self-centered, yep. selfish. I don't want to hear about it. What I want to hear about is how you're helping other people today. How can you be of service and help people today? You know, is it you're going to mow the person's lawn next door to you? Or are you going to open a yeah. door for somebody? Are you, are you, you know, are you doing something at scale? I don't care what it is, but once you find that you are of service to other people, guess what? That becomes your passion. It that does. Suddenly, yeah. one day you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I'm passionate about this. But that didn't come from like, 
you know, reading some like, you know, what color is my parachute book? No, it came <laughs> because you took an action. And yeah, you it's all about action. Else, right? It's action. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Because you can think about all the nice things you want to do and all the places you want to go and all the, the people you want to meet and all the, the cool things you want to do for your health. If you don't put yourself in the gym, if you don't put yourself in the in the in the food bank to help serve, if you don't bring the clothes to the recycling or, you know, the, the will goodwill or whatever. You know, and I think that there's sort of acts of service, you know, kind of big S and small s and small s counts and small. S, what small s looks like is somebody you've never seen before in your life. You smile at them and you say. Hey, I really like your shoes. Where'd you get those? Yeah. Boom. You made that person's day. Absolutely. Like, that was an act of service. You connected with this other person. And, you know, you can do things at huge scale. But one of the ways you get there, if you're not sure about it, is to just start practicing that. Little S and big S. That is, uh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> That's really good because they, you know, Oprah talks about the, the big eye versus the little eye, you know, in the whole scheme of our knowing of ourselves and all that. The eye versus the eye. I think I am versus the eye. I, my mind's eye, kind of thing. And how do people find you yeah. and start getting all this great information yeah. you're passing out? I'm really easy to find. If you remember the word ageist, just think like sexist, racist, biologist, <laughs> ageist. Yeah. Yeah. Type that in. We'll be, we'll be like the first thing that comes up on the front page. There's a, there's a box that says sign up for the newsletter. Just do that. Yeah, that's um, great. And, and you get this amazing thing every Thursday. We every week drop a new podcast on Super Age. So um, type in Super Age wherever you listen to podcasts. And then we're on social at We Are Ageist on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, Twitter. There's a lot of comments. There's a lot of information. It's it's you're doing a service to all of us, and I and <laughs> I really appreciate it. I really Thank appreciate. So it. I appreciate your time. Anything you want to leave the audience with, like one a takeaway that you would like people to leave with? Our greatest limitation is not capacity or resources. It is our imagination. If you expand your imagination of what you're capable of, you can do amazing things. Oh, that's good. Drop, drop the mic. That's good <laughs> stuff right there. I love it. And uh, yeah, open up your mind, open up your world. I love it. Thank you so much, Mr. David Stewart, for being yeah. on Second Wind, the podcast today. It has been my pleasure. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile made you think and made you feel if these incredible stories empowered you awakened you or left you feeling inspired make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on itunes so we can continue to change lives through this content make sure you tag us while you're listening on our facebook group my second wind or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation until next time go ahead and breathe in your second wind